0: I'm Luke Kelly, and I'm the founder of the Line and Length Cup movement, dedicated to ripping the covers off mental health stigma. After a rough spell with my mental health, I contacted a large number of mates to come together to play a game on city versus country cricket with a very unique point of difference. In between innings, a supportive platform was provided where those who felt comfortable showing some vulnerability spoke openly about their private mental health journey and positive mental health strategies. Thus, the line and length movement was born. While we are not mental health experts on this podcast, we are always here to support. So, if you or anyone you know is feeling a bit flat, please have a talk to the specialist like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or a medical professional. Now, on to the next edition of This Is Your Line and Length.
1: All right, guys, welcome to uh, this week's episode of This Is Your Line in Length. Uh, I'm sorry, your regular host, Aiden, joined by Luke Kelly and this week's guest, Ryan Bear. How are we, fellas?
0: I'm going great, mate.
2: Yeah, yeah, good. Real good. Happy to be joining you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks, for com-
0: thanks for coming on, Barry. Thanks for coming on.
1: Mate, no, we're, we're, very, we're very excited to have you on um, and, and funnily enough, I think um, you, you lived with both of us, both myself and Kels, um, back at CSU. Uh, I have. <laughs> we, you've, you've come a long way since then, mate. What is it that you, you, you're up to now? It's been, what, 10 years or so since um,
2: you and I last caught up. How, how have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, married, father of two, and I'm um, working as a solicitor um and i am a partner in the firm where i work so sort of come a long way from (laughs) there's a a a bit to digest there bear that's a that's a (laughs) huge leap (laughs) isn't it From, from what you guys would remember me as at um at
0: uni as the big party animal
1: uh how, how did how did that all come about mate like that's a that's a huge shift from what i remember at, at uni um where you know you were always the first guys that we i could have a drink with quite easily whereas now you you know it's, it's as i said it's been a while you 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 partner at a law firm your solicitor your parent your husband um how is, how's your mental health been through sort of that entire shift what led to to those sorts of changes
2: yeah well i guess it, it wasn't easy Um, I left uni and moved back to Coffs Harbour, so um, all of a sudden straight away there you've got the isolation from your close mates Um, Mm. I know a lot of the guys sort of moved to Sydney where they're from or to the city for job opportunities, things like that so they've sort of stayed in close um, contact and regular contact so I moved up here um, started playing footy, so made it good bunch of mates up here um and then met my partner um and not long after we we met we um or probably about six months out yeah eight nine months after we got together we um found out we were having a child so it's it's a bit of a um a drastic change but you sort of just learn to cope with it and deal with it and Take it all one step at a time, and yeah, don't think too far ahead. Is sort of um, how I handled it. Uh,
1: you were doing policing at at, um, at CSU. Why why the shift
2: into into law? I I left uni um, with a degree in criminal justice. Um, didn't want to be a police officer anymore. I, just wasn't for me um after studying it you sort of um, you understand i guess what the job is a bit better and i decided that wasn't what i wanted to do at all um so from there i went back to the drawing board and thought about what did i enjoy that i'd studied um and what i did enjoy was the law aspect of it so i did a few law units at bathurst um and one night um just on a whim, I just put in an application to um, study by a distance and got accepted the next morning. So my original goal was to just study a little bit, um, take it part-time, and I, my, the original plan was to finish by the time I was 30, um, take some time, travel overseas, um, that sort of thing. So that all changed Pretty quickly, um, and I decided to knuckle down and get it done, and finished four years, three, four years ago now. Three years ago, I think it was, yeah.
0: Barry, I know that for a stage there, you were like working two jobs, obviously parenting two kids. You're you're playing footy. You were studying. Like, how did you balance all that going on in your life at once?
2: um poorly looking back on it not <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah you sort of you get pulled in so many different directions that you can't really give 100 percent in any one aspect and so i was um trying to focus on i guess the important things which was at that time was studying and getting that done and i was also a stay-at-home dad um yeah about a year. So I sort of focused on those two things um, and I was still playing footy and that sort of thing, but I wasn't catching up with my mates much. Um, I wasn't um, giving my all at work. I was sort of just turning up, going through the motions, that sort of thing. Um, But, yeah, I focused on the important things. Um, Yeah. And eventually after that.
0: So, if you, if you had your time over, what would you change? Like trying to balance all those things?
2: I, I guess this, there isn't much um, that I could change. Yeah. Uh, I still had to work to be able to provide financial support. Right. Couldn't yeah, give that course. away. Yeah. Um, I ended up sacrificing football. So, I have played rugby for four years now. Um, it was just too much to give up um, Tuesday, Thursday nights for training and then by the time you look at travel and things like that, it's all day Saturday. Um, Mm. So that was just too much um, time. I guess I think of it as selfish time. Um, I can't give myself that time um, when I've got all the other priorities to think about. Yeah. Being a, it's, it sounds
1: like being a father and being a husband and, and now a lawyer and a partner in the law firm, they, it sounds like you're prioritizing, prioritizing those sort of as, as, as first priorities for you. Where does yourself fit into that? Where do you, your, your sort of
2: self-care, where does that fall for you? Um, anytime before 6.30am. So if I get up before then, that's when I've got time, I guess, to myself. Um, where I'll get up and go for a run or I'll um, just get up and sit down and watch the news in peace. Um, I, um, other than that, really, there's, by the time I get home or get the kids up for school in the morning, get them to school, get to work, pick them up after school, cook dinner, tidy up the house, it's 10 o'clock and it's time for bed so there's not very much there
0: do you prioritize that time before 6 30 like will you specifically get up early or there's some days when you just like you wake up at 6 30 and you're like i've missed that time how how do you go about that
2: i i try to prioritize it but yeah i sometimes sleep's more important really it's what it gets down to um I was listening to uh, Lombie's podcast today
0: yeah,
2: where he was saying that he tries to get eight hours a night. Um, for me, anything over five and a half is a win.
0: Oh, so, wow. Is that yeah, right?
2: Yep. yep. By the time I'm in bed to go to sleep at 10.30, 11 o'clock. Um, and then if you've got any wake-ups through the night, mm. you have to deal with those and then um, – then looking to get up at 5.30 a.m. sometimes just doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, mate, it sounds like you, obviously you don't actually get a lot of time to yourself. Um, are there ways throughout the day that you kind of uh, de-stress or, or kind of um, help sort of your, your mental health throughout the day when, when it is super busy and you don't have as much time as, say, some of us who are either back at uni or,
2: or aren't parents or aren't, you know, oh, pardon isn't a word. Yeah, um, there there are sometimes. Um, I actually like to cook, so I'll cook dinner most nights. Where I'll just sort of put some headphones in, zone out, focus on cooking dinner, not really deal with any other distractions, and um, that's sort of my time to myself. Um, sometimes you get the kids coming in asking for some chippies or something like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, um, that's one time that I sort of uh, get to just um, focus on and, or focus on doing something that I like. And I guess the other are? time is I try and get up um, three, four times a week and go for a run in the mornings.
0: What are you listening to when you've got your headphones on there? Is it like, is it calm, peaceful music? Is it podcasts? Is it music? What's your strategy in terms of that
2: i i usually listen to basketball podcasts
0: yeah um, yeah
2: cuz so i'm quite interested in the nba but i don't get to really watch any games um mm-hmm. so i'll usually just listen to podcasts and try and get a feel for what's going on in the in the nba that way
1: uh we had we had kefty on um I think two weeks ago uh, and he talked about how the sort of social aspect of keeping his mental health was, was a big thing for him. Um, you've said that you've kind of given up rugby and, and that was a way of keeping up with your mates. Is that something that uh, is important for yourself? And and how do you go about managing that?
2: Yeah, that's definitely something that I'm um, lacking at the moment, I guess, is that a close friend group, um, it's a bit different, I guess, when you're parents, you're looking at socialising with people with kids. So you make new groups of friends and things like that, but it's also you're planning your time around your kids. Um, so to catch up with people is always not always the easiest. Um, but I definitely try and catch up with everyone from uni that stops through town um, whenever they're coming through co and I still try and get down to see everyone every now and then. Um, but it's it's definitely an aspect that I guess would is hard to maintain and, and missing, and I'm um, probably not the best communicator. I'm not really one to pick up the phone and um, call my mates and have a chat just to catch up. I think Luke's... And then that's probably...
0: Pretty few and far between. Yeah, I um, how often do you reckon we chat on the phone, Barry? I just, I guess, to give people context, we're probably best mates and have been since uh, since we started at uni back in what year was that? 09? How often do you reckon we talk? We're probably pretty bad at it.
2: I'd say it's once every two months. Yeah, would be best case.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I, I, I guess we can identify that we need to We need to work on that. Even <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Patience is definitely yeah, not a strong suit of mine. Mm. Uh, sort
1: of going back to that, you know, we, we all, I started a year after you guys, you two started at the same time. Um, the way that we sort of all interact around mental health is, has changed. Um, thanks to sort of, Kels and his, his initiative with Line and Length. Um, if you had your time back over at uni, um, would you change the way you communicated about mental health back then?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Um, yes and no. I think I definitely um, had those conversations with people. Um, but so I'm comfortable that I was opening up when I needed to, um, but it was quite often while I was drunk and um, probably not in the ideal mind state to be having those conversations and the people I was having them with probably weren't in the right state to respond. Um, I know there's definitely times um, down in Bathurst where it all just... It, it gets to you. Um, you've been away from your sort of support network and your your close family, and you're learning to turn this group of mates that you've just met into your family, um, which in the later years was was great. But in the earlier years, you you, you struggle with that um, isolation sometimes, especially
0: Actually, when Yeah, I think that's how we became such good mates because well, I came from Tari to Bathurst you came from Coffs to Bathurst which I mean is over we were so far from home um and you saw that a lot of people came from Sydney and sort of sort of knew each other and had clicks and and stuff and we sort of we sort of didn't we were we were literally just starting from scratch we were so far from our families we were so far from our emotional support so we just had to to buy into the the people that were around us I think that's how our sort of relationship built and got so strong.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I'll go over to you, Aiden. What do you got for us? Uh,
1: Just kind of, um, how would you suggest people go about building those those sort of support networks? Um, With both of you sort of moving, I mean, both of you can answer this. You you both moved so far away from home, and like you said, you had to buy into it quite quickly. Um, If someone would be moving away or maybe someone listening to this podcast is sort of relocating. Um, What advice would you give them to sort of start setting up those support networks as quickly as they could?
2: Yeah, I think, well, um, from my experience down in Bathurst was the rugby club, hundred percent. It was a place where you could go and everyone felt accepted. You could Mm you felt like you could sort of talk to anyone and everyone was your mates. There's a hundred mates there from day one. So my advice, I guess, and it's the same when I moved back to Coffs, the first thing I did was find a sports club Um, and whatever sport you're into. But for me, it was rugby. So find that group of like-minded people and just throw yourself into it.
0: Yeah, my advice uh, if you're somewhere new by yourself is you have to make the effort to keep yourself entertained, uh, whether through hobbies, uh, so recreation, sporting clubs, social sporting clubs, um, doing your hobbies, pursuing your interests and, and making friends that way, whether it's working with colleagues um, or having drinks with colleagues or something along those lines. You need to be actively doing things for yourself whilst maintaining um your social life as well um which which can be hard to do but if you're just going to work and coming home by yourself um that's when you can get into a bad sort of bad habit i believe Uh,
1: i think that also speaks to sort of the um the community that you foster around line and length girls um uh where you know the boys are checking in on each other regardless of whether they were friends before line and length. Um, You know, if they've got up and spoken or if they've spoken to each other throughout the day, um, they check in after and then make sure that everyone's sort of doing all right. Um, And then sort of bear you said, you've got to work on your communication. I think, I think a lot of people do, I think that speaks to to most people is um, have they checked in on their mates or, or you know have they reached out sort of thing. So I, don't, I definitely don't think you're alone in that conversation and it's probably something, you know, I, I can improve on it myself um, and, and you boys both highlighted it too. So um, it's something that moving forward, everyone should be doing. Um, but with with so much on your plate man, and then the sort of very limited time that you do get to yourself, um, what what are the sort of small joys in life that you sort of take? The the, the little wins, I guess.
2: Yeah, uh... I mean, it's different when when you're a parent and I guess most of you won't be able to relate to this, but you just take joy in, in your kids. Um, it's the simple things like I oh, had my first parent-teacher interview for them last night or oh, yesterday morning, sorry. And um, just hearing how he's going at school um, gives you that sort of feeling of joy um, and satisfaction that you're doing something right and it's the same with um i guess like when i get home from work and they run out the side of the front door to like the car to come and see me like all they want is you and that's all that matters to them in their whole life so you you take joy and passion and things like that from other people that you might not get from yourself um and that you might not be able to spend that time on yourself, but by spending that time with the kids, you're getting that feeling as well.
0: It's a really lovely answer, Ryan.
2: (laughs) That is really lovely to hear. Uh,
1: Throughout, you know, throughout the uh, moving back to coughs, studying law, becoming a father, getting married, that sort of stuff, um, how did your we've heard a little bit about your mental health journey there. Were there at any points where, um, you know, you felt you really needed to improve on your mental health and you made active changes towards it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess when I was first sort of started in my career, I had a lot of anxiety. Um, so before I'd come to work, some days I'd, I was actually physically sick thinking about what I had to do and what was happening at work and, just building up that feeling inside myself of um, being anxious about the, the workload and what um, what I had to do that day. So that's definitely subsided since I've um, become more experienced and uh, more settled and comfortable in my job, and um, which is great. And I don't know really that there was much I could have done at that stage in my life to deal with that um, other than yeah. progressing and becoming more experienced.
0: There, yeah, when you were struggling with that anxiety um, in the mornings before work, were you communicating that to people or were you just internalising that and keeping it to yourself?
2: I, I, I did just keep it to myself for, for quite a while. Um, yeah. But then I spoke to obviously my wife about it and I spoke to my boss about it and they were both great. So um, at work, they did sort of um, take some of the pressure off and lighten the load a little bit for me, um, which helped a lot with, with that sort of thing. And just having that person at home, that's aware of what you're going through and what you're dealing with. um, it, It just helps that somebody else knows what's going on.
0: Yes, I completely, I, I can attest to that. Like when I said I spoke about my um, depression and anxiety when I told all the boys, like it's just that that feeling of relief, isn't it? Like a, you, you can't sort of express in words um, how much it just helps you to know that someone else knows and is there to support, to support you.
2: Absolutely. I feel like even just that release in itself helps to, Alleviate the issues you're dealing with.
1: You, you said that yeah. you were kind of keeping it to yourself in the beginning. That there, was there a reason for that? There's a reason. Was there a reason why you didn't want to share that? Those feelings of
2: anxiety. I, I guess it wasn't that I that I didn't want to share them. I just don't think I realized what I was what was happening. Um, I didn't really know whether it was normal or um, whether everyone felt like this at certain stages and whether it was just a phase that would pass or it was something I was dealing with at the time that would go away. But eventually as it dragged on, um, I guess you realise that, no, something needs to be done or this is just going to stay like this forever.
1: Uh, Once, so and and, yeah, you said that once you once you sort of reached out and you let both your wife and sort of um, your your boss at work know that kind of alleviated that stress and helped. They they found ways to sort of help you cope. Um, Was it uh, obviously it was something you wished you you'd done earlier?
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wish I'd done it earlier. Um, I think if I had done it earlier. It wouldn't have got to the point that it did. Um, but I think I may never have done it earlier because it wasn't at that point. So I think it needed to get to that point for me to realise that it was actually a real issue that needed to be addressed.
1: Looking back on that now, um, sort of moving, when, when you move forward, if, if you sort of get those feelings again, is that something that, that now with sort of that wisdom, that, that hindsight, you'll, you'll address that sort of
2: thing earlier? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know exactly what those feelings are. So as soon as something like that starts to bubble up again, I'll be taking those um, same steps of speaking to somebody and letting people know, I guess, what I'm dealing with um, to to try and
0: um, take the pressure off. And
1: is that, is that your wife that you lean on? She's your sort of emotional support
0: person? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're, Bear, you're lucky in COPS to have your um, parents uh, around you. Do you lean on them much as well?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I guess not as much as I previously did now yeah. my wife and everything like that but I'd, yeah I yeah. can always pick up the phone and have a chat to dad or mum and um, yeah but yeah they're pretty good at helping me talk things through and finding some perspective
0: I'm sure Kimbo and Siri are they lovely people
1: yeah guys I think I think that that's a really nice place to sort of wrap this up um, uh, Bear thank you so much for sharing your, your journey and, and it's an incredible story mate and um, I look forward to hearing about more of the adventures of a solicitor and, and parent and, and husband as well. And um, Is there anything else you'd like to sort of let any of our listeners know?
2: Well, I guess one other aspect I did sort of want to just have a brief chat about was stress as well. And that's another major, um, I guess, mental health issue that I was dealing with, uh, especially towards the end of last year. Um, and I was dealing with it the wrong way. I was um, dealing with it by drinking, so I was coming home every night. It wasn't – I wouldn't say it was a drinking problem, but I was coming home most nights and just having three or four beers. And since the start of this year, I've realised that was what I was doing and, um, yeah, haven't had a drink since New Year's. Have you
1: replaced that with sort of healthier habits or you just decided to completely cut that out and, and there's another way or is there another way that you're sort of dealing with that stress?
2: Um, yeah, just by talking. So I, we sort of get me and my wife get home every night and um, have a bit of a debrief about our day. Um, I guess it's it's, a, it's definitely not a planned thing we do, but it's... a an informal thing we've sort of just started doing. Um, we just chat about what, what happened in our day and that sort of thing. And it just helps to unload that stress. Um, and I'm definitely not off the drink forever, but um, just needed a break. I've also uh, changed a complete plant-based diet. So just making some big health changes to sort of try and better myself a bit. Awesome, mate. That's
0: great, Barry. That's it's so, so good to hear that you're implementing those strategies. I, I love hearing stories about how people um, have identified that they have a problem and then hearing about their strategies. I think that's what this whole podcast is about. Like, we're just knock about regular, relatable blokes and yeah. hearing that not everyone's world is perfect and that we're all just genuinely here to learn from each other. Yeah,
2: everyone's got a story. You've just got to- uncover it and that's mate, right.
0: that's you. what this platform's about
1: well and, and thank you for sharing your story there it's um it's a really different perspective than what we've had on the podcast so far and 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 i really appreciate you wanting to be a part of it and sharing your story as well thanks for having me on guys no worries well, I'm uh, that'll be uh it for uh, it for us this week guys but um look stay tuned next week and we'll have another person on another awesome story to tell thanks very much guys Thanks for listening to this episode of This Is Your Line in Length, a supportive networking platform designed for relatable people to share their mental health story and start the normalization of mental health conversations in society. If this podcast has made you realize that you or a friend would benefit from having a talk, please do reach out to the pros like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or a Medical Professional. Links to supportive networks are within the show's notes. In the meantime,
0: subscribe to the show, look after your lid, and look forward to the next episode of This Is Your Line in Length.